What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Yes. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and happy Valentine's Day week when this is coming out. So we have a fun sort of Valentine's Day-themed episode for you today, at least a self-love-themed episode, which is always important. Oh, yeah. I definitely – I mean, hey, as the resident single girl of this podcast, I am (laughs) all about self-love on – I'm a Valentine's Day girl Mm -hmm. for sure. Not that you can't be a Valentine's Day girl if you're in a relationship, obviously, but it's all I have to dedicate my time to this week. So yeah, in this episode, we are interviewing Teddy and Sonia Surge. They are sisters who started a nonprofit, a 501c3. Is that the correct Mm -hmm. terminology? Because fun fact, I didn't know that that's what that was before this episode. Um, I work at one. (laughs) Yes. Um, So they started a nonprofit called Girl Powerful that helps empower young girls, tween and teen girls to have strong mental health and sense of self. And yeah, we talk a lot about self-confidence. We talk about um, gaining a stronger sense of self at any age. We talk about creating mental health toolkits and how it's important to be positive role models to the young girls in our lives and all of that fun stuff. So hopefully at the end of this episode, you guys are feeling like you have the tools you need to really love yourself this Valentine's Day week. Yeah, and it's so funny because talking to them really felt like talking to the fun, like, southern aunts we never had. Um, They're from – did they say Missouri, I think? So Yeah. um, And their dynamic is just so funny. Uh, But they definitely had a lot of wisdom to share on confidence for women and the importance of having a solid mental health foundation. So, yeah, definitely stick around for the main portion of this episode. But before we get to that, let's do our segments. So this week, I wanted to talk about how I joined, um, I guess I'll call it a women's group um, at my work. So you guys might be like, what do you mean? I think you work with like five people. This is true. (laughs) I work on a very small team, but we are based at a pretty well-known large um, incubator space in the Boston area. So they have this group that I've always kind of like been on the periphery of, like I've seen the meetings and I just never really had a chance to go last year and they've done some programming and stuff, but it was essentially like a women's network within the larger incubator. And so I finally went to a meeting, the kickoff meeting for Q1 of this year. And I'm really excited about it. It was so nice to connect with other women in like the clean tech, climate tech space, because if you guys don't know, well, in general, like entrepreneurship is a pretty male dominated space, um, especially with like clean tech, climate tech, hard tech, like physical products. Um, It's a very male-dominated space. It's a very engineering-dominated space. So it was really cool to meet other women that are kind of in the same realm as me. And I am sad that I hadn't been going before because I think I'm going to have a lot of cool like mentors out of it and stuff. So funny enough, we're actually planning a Galentine's Day event, like a networking thing. So um, that should be fun this week. And um, yeah, something else we're working on is like a drive for a women's shelter in Boston. So I'm excited to be a part of it. It's fun because like I feel like starting work remotely and starting work remotely on such a small team has felt like a bit alienating. So I'm excited to like expand that network um, with people that are so like-minded. So this is my call to you guys. If your work has something similar or just like other like employee network groups that are 
an option for you to join, definitely recommend doing it because I'm sad that I waited so long, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Especially in this this digital age, it's good to be a part of anything and everything. And networking is just such a key um, really to like any professional life whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So even doing it within your own company or within, you know, the sister company. I don't know how the hierarchy works with your company, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, for my week in review, I kind of have two little updates. So the first is a therapy update, which I thought would be super appropriate for this episode, given that we talk so much about mental health. Um, at this point, I've been going to therapy for a few weeks now, and I gotta say, it's pretty good. <laughs> like I, I get the hype. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's really important to like normalize therapy because I truthfully grow up grew up thinking that it was kind of a bad thing in the sense of you go to therapy when there's something wrong or when you can't get a handle on your own emotions. And that's really just not the case. Like if anything, I find going to therapy so helpful just because it's some it's a completely unbiased person in your life that you can legitimately tell anything to. I know I'm still kind of in like the warming up phase of it all and you know at my first session I was really timid and really afraid to kind of share, you know, everything and anything that was kind of going through my mind and as the sessions have gone on I've become a lot more comfortable sharing and anytime I get to the point where I share something that I think is going to, you know, really throw my therapist for a loop like they just take it and they work with it because that is their job and when you Mm -hmm. like really stop and think logically about it it makes sense but when you're in the moment and being so vulnerable and saying things that you probably have never even told another person in your life it is really scary but it's just really nice to like feel very validated and feel like you know, you're not crazy, essentially. And I know that's kind of a taboo term to use in the mental health space because it, you know, brings a lot of stigma. But I think a lot of people can feel that way sometimes. So definitely, honestly, I think everyone should have a therapist. I'm kind of leaning into that boat. If not, just going to one once or twice a year to have a quick check-in and see if there's anything that you need to work through that you may have been pushing under the rug. Who knows? But I'm a big fan. 10 out of 10. Add it to your 2021 goals. Yeah. And then other than that, I had my first interview as a baby lawyer, as we like to be called in my like career. Our career advisors call us that. They're like, this is how you be a baby lawyer. She had her first interview and she wasn't even going to talk about it. It wasn't even written on her week in review until I told her she should talk about it. Well, in <laughs> my defense, it literally, at the time that we're recording this, it happened like three hours ago. <laughs> so I was trying to decide whether or not to, and also in my defense, I found out about it after I wrote what I wanted my week in review to be. Okay, so, fair, fair. Because it was a very short turnaround. I found out about it about 36 hours ago. So mm-hmm. it was a very swift, you know, preparation period, which honestly was kind of nice because I just didn't have enough time to really worry about it. Uh, I just yeah. kind of had to deal with it and go. I had a similar thing when I interviewed for my job. It was like right before spring break, like that I she contacted me on like Thursday and I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to interview, but like I'm leaving for spring break on Saturday. So I ended up going in on Friday and I think she always like references it. My boss is like, Um, a testament to my adaptability. So maybe you'll have the same experience, like flexible, adaptable. Maybe. (laughs) Comes in last minute. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, at this point, like I said, it happened literally three hours ago. So I don't want to jinx anything. That's kind of another reason why I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it. Um, all I will say is that I was, it was a weird interview in the sense that I was interviewed by a panel of professors at my school. So um, the interview was for a specific program at my school. And so the interview was joined by, you know, the director of this program and then four other professors, which I think I'm glad that it was on Zoom, if that's the case, because being in a Zoom with six people, I feel like is a lot less intimidating than mm-hmm. being in a room because there's a, it t- kind of takes away that like them, me dynamic that, you know, obviously I'm assuming if it was in person, they'd be sitting at like one table or the very least on the same side of the room with me on the other side. In this case, it's like, well, wherever my Zoom box ends up, I guess that's where I'm sitting for this interview today. <laughs> Zoom box. Um, So yeah, it definitely took the pressure off in that sense. And thankfully, all the professors were really, really nice, really encouraging um, and made my first sort of, you know, legal interview experience very comfortable. I'm hopeful that it will end up, you know, in my favor and that I'll end up with a position that I'm happy with. But I'm just grateful to have had the interview experience at all because, you know, I've, of course, had interviews for undergrad for various internships and, you know, jobs that I took on campus and whatnot, but I haven't had any interviews for specific legal careers. And so, as you can imagine, that is kind of a different beast in its own way. And yeah, so now I have one under my belt. And you know what they say, the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more comfortable it feels to go on interviews. Yeah, definitely. If nothing else, you can think of it as a warm up and see what happens. Exactly. So let's move into our favorites. My favorite this week is Margot Lee's new podcast. So if you guys aren't familiar with Margot, first of all, why the heck are you not? Um, She is a influencer that's kind of, I guess, in this post-grad space now. She was like a notorious college influencer, I feel like. Not notorious, that's bad, but uh, well-known college influencer. Um, And she just started her own podcast. And it's funny because she's been mentioning that she was going to start a podcast for like a year now. Like it's clearly been a big source of, uh, I guess, like stress for her, like trying to make it perfect. And that's kind of what the first episode was about. Um, and at this point, there's only one episode out when we're recording this. I'm sure there will be more out by the time this comes out. But um, we both really liked her editing style. We thought it was really cool. And it's kind of inspiring yeah. us for some future episodes. She does it almost like, I want to say like journalism style. Like, um, yeah. it feels like she's taking clips from lots of different scenarios and putting them together like an audio vlog type of thing. So mm-hmm. definitely check it out if you haven't. Um, it's called Working Title with Margot Lee. So Highly recommend checking it out. Um, And then another thing I wanted to mention, funny enough, was today when we're recording this, I actually had two different people come to me for podcast advice because they want to start their own. So I just want to, you know, put it out there to our listeners as well. Obviously, there's like a ton of learning curves when it comes to starting your own podcast, but it is so doable for like the average person because you look at us. So if you have any questions about starting a podcast or if you're thinking about it, you can always feel free to slide into our DMs. I would love to offer up um, the knowledge that we have at this point because we definitely had, you know, a month of just trying to figure everything out. And if I can save someone that time, I would love to do that. So no podcast gatekeeping here. Would love to hear your guys' concepts, ideas, concerns. 
Um, I feel like there's so much room in the podcast space for everybody. So if you've been thinking about it, definitely go for it and message us if you need any help. Yeah, we're always here to help. Um, For my favorite this week, I wanted to talk about a, it's kind of a combination favorite, but it's the ColourPop Pretty Fresh Concealer and Tinted Moisturizer. You use the concealer, right? Is that the one with like the little peach colored top? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did have it at one point. I ran out and I never repurchased, but that's just because I wasn't um, like at Ulta recently. But yeah, I, I have used it. Yeah, so I started using the concealer first and I was like, yeah, cool, awesome. Love this concealer. And I recently got the tinted moisturizer because I had like a bunch of old crusty foundations that just like absolutely needed to go. And I personally, like in a day-to-day Zoom setting, if I'm going to do my makeup, I don't want to cake my face with foundation right now. I prefer like a lighter, you know, tinted moisturizer CC cream type of thing. So I saw that there was a tinted moisturizer that was the same line as this concealer and decided to try that. And this combo is absolutely unstoppable. So right, I am wearing it right now and you can kind of start to see my breakouts. I have had it on for like a long time at this point, but I'm kind of breaking out right now in my forehead region. So if anyone has any tips or tricks on that, feel free to reach out to me. Um, But literally this tinted moisturizer and concealer combo feels so light on my skin, but actually covers all of the blemishes. Like it's pretty full coverage for how like lightweight it is Mm. and I'm just really impressed and it has hyaluronic acid I don't know if I mentioned that so it's really you know as Hiram says it's taking the moisture from the air and it's really putting it (laughs) into my skin (laughs) (laughs) and yeah I'm just a big fan and also because it's ColourPop it's pretty affordable I think the tinted moisturizer was like 13 ish I want to say and the concealer is definitely less than 10 so yeah if you've been in the in on the lookout for you know a foundation concealer combo definitely check this one out yeah it's funny because I think I've been a I've been curious about tinted moisturizer since I was like legitimately 12 or 13 years old and I still have never bought one really? I'm just not like no I'm I'm not really like a tinted moisturizer or like foundation user unless it's like a special occasion but since this one's so affordable and comes highly recommended maybe I'll finally give it a try but I literally look at it Every time that I go yeah. to buy any makeup, I look at the tinted moisturizers and I never have bought one. So I need to You give it a should because it definitely – it doesn't feel like you're wearing foundation or anything, but I do find that all of my other makeup applies so much better when I have mm-hmm. some sort of base makeup on. Like it's really crazy when you go from one day having a tinted moisturizer or foundation and then the next you decide just to do concealer. You, I've noticed a difference in like my blush and highlight and things like that. Mm. So yeah, you should noted. Try. And I think ColourPop, I'll take this out if it's not true, but I think ColourPop just came out with the Animal Crossing line. So I need yes, to. Yes, they did. Iconic. If you guys don't know, I've been playing Animal Crossing. It's definitely going to be a future favorite. I just need to collect all my thoughts. Um, but I definitely need to check out that collection because that is so fun and adorable. Yeah, for sure. We're ColourPop stands. <laughs> All right, let's get into our main episode topic. You guys are going to love this interview with Teddy and Sonia. Let's go. All right, guys. So moving into our main episode portion here, we're really excited to interview Teddy and Sonia Serge of Girl Powerful, which is a youth empowerment 501c3. That means nonprofit for those of you who might not know. And it's an organization designed to give tween and teen girls the social and emotional learning tools to build a strong sense of self. 
So, hey guys, how are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having us. That's exactly what we do. We're excited to share our mission with you guys and talk about how we can help your listeners build their self-esteem. Awesome. And uh, it's funny because they are sisters, if you have not gathered by their matching last names. And for some reason, when you guys joined the Zoom, I thought you would be recording separately. I feel like I just assume everyone is alone all the time during COVID, but um, they joined together and they have been so funny ever since we started uh, the Zoom here. So it'll be fun to see you guys um, in action. So awesome. Let's do it. Cool. So um, Girl Powerful's mission is for all girls to feel seen, valued, and heard when they need it the most. So we're really excited to talk to you guys about kind of your journey to founding Girl Powerful, what you guys are up to, and then also tips for self-esteem at any age, because obviously that's a huge thing and having a strong sense of self can really impact you in every stage of life, especially in the post-grad world that a lot of our listeners are in. So we're excited to kind of dive in. But I think first, if you could just start by telling us a little bit about both of your backgrounds and if you've always been interested in mental health or youth engagement, um, curious to hear more about that. Yeah. So we, Teddy and I actually built Grow Powerful because we knew and recognized that we needed mental health tools that weren't available to us whenever we were your age and younger. Mm -hmm. And so I actually went into the workforce without knowing really how to manage my emotions or set boundaries with people. And it was really an ex like an explosive experience. So uh, well, I even like not having like a mental health toolbox, like affected your physical health. Right. So, I mean, that's why we built out Girl Powerful. Actually, I was working a corporate job in music entertainment and I was fresh out of college. I was 22 and an, an executive assistant to like an SVP and an EVP of a Fortune 500 company. So I felt like I had to say yes to everything. Like literally, well, did. I did. I said yes to every single thing they asked me, even if it was personal, which I wasn't supposed to do, mm -hmm. even if it was like coming in on the weekends or always bringing my laptop home. I felt like I was like Anne Hathaway in The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. And I feel like if I had learned, known all these different tools, like, you know, how journaling could be my best friend. So simple, like setting a self, you know, self-care time aside to take care of myself and really learning how to communicate my my emotions and being like, no, like I've, I'm done for today. I'll, I can take care of that tomorrow. You know, expressing myself and really voicing my authentic self. So that's where I come in. Like, and then Teddy yeah. was teaching at a private school in Los Angeles and the school was really big on social and emotional learning. So after I had my huge burnout, she was giving me all these things from this school psychologist, like Sonia, do this, Sonia, check well, this out. Yeah. Like we're all, doing this with the girls. Yeah. It was all about like teaching the kids how to manage their emotions. And even if you can't express it, it was like, drawings of happy, happy faces, mad faces, like sad faces, and like all these like cues that the kid didn't have to vocalize anything because they're always, if they're upset, like they can't talk to you. So like using charts and graphs and things like that are really helpful, like in the psycho like psychology of sharing your emotions. So I was like, Sunny, want to point at one of these emojis and tell me how you're feeling? <laughs> I'm like, red, angry like, face. Red, like shooting fire from her brain. And then I was like, let's build a curriculum for girls. Because yeah. growing up, we obviously are best friends. We're sisters. And we were just, our female friendships were everything to us. And we grew up with 
a single mom and all the village around us, all the people around us were women. So we feel comfortable around women and obviously we are women. So that's why we wanted to focus on empowering our youth and to help them maneuver in a happy, healthy way instead of, you know, being explosive. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, you know, being sad or confused or like not knowing where you're going in life or dating the wrong guy or drinking too much alcohol. That was me in my young 20s or being too scared to be myself around a lot of peers or yeah, the drinking kind of was about that. Like, I don't feel comfortable like being myself, so I'm going to drink. So that's mm-hmm. a whole other story, but yeah, that's the truth. In college, it was like binge drinking was fun, <laughs> but it's like there was there's deeper rooted things going on. Definitely. Yeah, it's funny that, um, Sonia, especially you talk about kind of being 22 fresh out of college and not knowing how to handle your mental health, because I would say that very much is paralleling what I'm going through right now. I'm 23 and in my first semester of or done with my first semester now of law school. And it 100% was that same thing of just so much pressure, feeling like you can never say no. So I think it's really inspiring that you guys recognize that teaching young girls to have that mental health toolbox from the beginning is so crucial because when they have that, they can carry it with them throughout their adult life and when, you know, the rubber hits the road, so to speak. So I know you guys kind of briefly touched on this, but I'm curious if there was kind of a point that you arrived to where you realized girls need this support in any like specific story where you had that kind of aha moment of this is what you want to do. For me, I mean, it it took me until I was 26 to start really practicing self-love and taking care of myself in an actual healthy way. So, I mean, a lot of it, I think it was the period of when we grew up, we're older than you all, but like everything like female related was based on your looks and it was based on, you know, like performance against your other females. There there wasn't a whole conversation about self-love or self-care at all. And so I think that was another big thing that like, I didn't really realize that my mind was connected with my body, Mm. you know, and that I'm supposed I'm like, it's good to nurture yourself and to be proud of yourself and your capabilities. So yeah, I mean, I had that huge burnout. And then I actually had a big injury. And I know it was stress related. So it was like, I wasn't taking care of my body because my mind was like going crazy. (laughs) And so I had a big, you know, big injury. And then I started doing yoga as rehab. And that's when, like, just by going to yoga, my, this, luckily this angel of a teacher became a mentor. And she made me realize, like, she made me practice gratitude, like for my body parts and how they function, what they do for me. And then, you know, all, an evolution of all that. And with Teddy being a teacher, we were like, we need to teach the teach girls like what's going on because all the conversations we had with our girlfriends, like they were experiencing something similar or, you know, or like they were just working on the self all the time, but it was like taboo to do so. It wasn't an outward thing. So like we would like all get together and have wine night, but like be crying or, you know, or something or like paying like every weekend to go to a women's wellness event where everyone wasn't whole yet. So we were like, wouldn't it be amazing (laughs) if we taught girls at a young age to be proud of who they are and their accomplishments and really know how to manage themselves? Yeah, because life's too short to be unhappy and depressed and anxious and stressed and all the things that we all deal with. Mm -hmm. But when you do have tools and you do know what 
helps your mind, body, and soul connection, then you can just move through the world with grace and actually, you know, like hit your goals and check boxes and move on. Like yeah. we don't have to like live in the past so much. And I feel like our society loves yeah. to like live in the past, good and bad. Like it's all about the past. It's all what I used to do when I, you know, all these, like, it's just really interesting. And I think I wanted to start Girl Powerful along with what Sonia said, because I'm a teacher and I also just felt like really confined between like being in a classroom. Like, of course kids need to learn. And like, I love teachers and they're all my friends and they're all my peers. And it's a great, you know, way to make a living and be part of a community. But I like saw myself like way bigger and shinier than a classroom. And so I have like that entrepreneur spirit. And so that's part of Girl Powerful too, is like taking risks, goal setting, hitting those goals, celebrating the small stuff. Being more creative. Yeah. Being creative, like making a brand that doesn't exist, you know? (laughs) So that's definitely what like appealed to me about it. And then within this, like we research all these stats and all like all these new things. And so we take care of ourselves like within Girl Powerful too, which is really a cool way to like have a career is like just fully based on wellness. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's really cool that you guys are able to make your career something that you wish you had when you were younger. And I really relate to what you were saying, Teddy, about living in the past and everyone kind of romanticizing the past. And I think that's so true, especially right now you know, that we're all stuck inside and you you see your Snapchat memories from a year ago today, two years ago today. And you're like, wow, look what I was doing, especially, you know, graduating and not having like the most glamorous year. But I think, you know, teaching girls how to have the tools to navigate their present and to look towards their future is so important. And it's awesome that you guys focus on that. It is cool. And no more, we were all like dressed up. We were cute. We were like (laughs) on a beach. We were like, you know, movers and shakers and doing all these things. But like, if I really am honest, like I'm happier with myself now than I was a year ago, wherever I was and whatever mm-hmm. exciting thing I was doing, because I've used this time during the pandemic to really hone in on my skills and we're big meditators. And, you know, I just feel really happy and healthy right now. And I think it's nice. <laughs> and I'll brag to about have that break. Yeah, it's, it was nice to have a break and not have to like compare my life to everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think you guys though are in a different position because you just graduated and you need a job, right? Because <laughs> isn't that really stressful? It's like all the pandemic-related stress for your age group is it's different. Yeah, definitely. We're both uh, lucky in that we sort of ended up coincidentally solidifying our plans like immediately prior to the pandemic. I got a job in March, and Kylie knew she was going into law school, so we're really lucky. For some listeners, yeah. I've heard from. A lot of yeah. girls that they're like in parents that they're stressed out because they're like, what was all that for? So I was curious to ask you guys, how did you actually go about getting Girl Powerful started? Like what were your main steps as far as coming up with the idea, the brand, you know, filing to become a 501c3? Like how did you navigate all of that? And what was kind of the timeline there? Well, the coolest thing about Girl Powerful and like all businesses don't start this way, but since we went to after school programs and community centers, there was pretty much zero overhead. Yeah. Like we didn't have a brick and mortar. We didn't have to get along. We just started. And Sonia luckily is really good at legal work. Legal work. <laughs> <laughs> didn't go to law school, but filed our 501c3. We got yeah. it. And then, you know, like we started with three girls. We started with three girls. So it's like 
one of Teddy's good friends, the very first time we pitched to all the independent schools in LA, what Girl Powerful was, I was like, you know, nervous because it's, you know, putting ourselves out there and it's a new curriculum and they'd never heard of us. And so we got into three schools. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, it, this was another lesson for me is this guy, Adam was like, Sonia, how many schools are you in? And I was like, only three. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like you have a brand new company, a brand new curriculum. You should celebrate. Like I'm in three schools. Yeah, this is say awesome. It, say it differently. You know, like, he's like, we're in three say, schools. Yeah. He's like, say it differently. And from then on, I was like, and we grew. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, yeah, that's right. Like, this is my company. This is our idea. We're yeah. impacting girls. Like it made me feel, you know, more yeah. proud. To- I will say it was hard because we, we went to college in Missouri. So I feel like if you grow your network and your teachers know you and things like that, and they can help you in that like local job market. But mm-hmm. we moved to California and we knew nobody. We knew no adults to help us. So yeah, having yeah. three schools right out the gate was a big deal for us. Yeah. And it just took work. Like we just had to network and network and network. Mm-hmm. And like I would like pitch to the Santa Monica School District and, you know, all these different community centers and camps. And eventually we got into the Cal- or Santa Monica Malibu School District and 11 independent schools. And then that's when we were like, we need to be offering this program to underserved youth. So for every time we were in an independent school or a parent paid program, we would do the same program somewhere else in L.A. Um, And it was really cool because we're offering the same exact, you know, curriculum for all types of girls. Well, and that's what we were seeing. We were seeing that, you know, the haves and the haves nots and they're not getting the same mental health tools. And it's still a huge problem, a huge gap, but we're doing Mm -hmm. our part. So. Like Sonia said, in in our classes now, 50% of the seats are free Mm -hmm. and they're for underserved girls, whatever that looks like. People of color, single moms, just a, you know, COVID job loss, all those kinds of things. So yeah, we're doing our part. That Tom's model works really well for brands. Um, so I am curious, you've kind of started to talk about this a little bit, but what were some of the biggest learning curves that you had in in starting and what are some of the biggest challenges you faced so far? Learning curve. Don't compare to other people's brands. Um, everyone has a totally different story. They have different backgrounds, different skills, different funnels of money, different parents, all that kind of stuff. And, and just different talents. So don't compare. And also, don't trust anybody. <laughs> yeah. This is a big one for young and people. Because, like, we are so honest and open. And we our handshakes are bond. That's that Missouri in us. And that's our family, like, how we roll. And a lot of people, especially, like, we are in L.A. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of people that wanted to take advantage of us and, like, use us for their, for their gain. And it was really kind of hard for a while. I don't want to like get into the nitty gritty because yeah. there's like a couple people that did it. Yeah. And it was really hard to like be like, that's strange. Like we gave them this amount of money for this, you know, fundraising video and th- they didn't deliver. And then yeah. the money's gone and then they're gone. Like right. that kind of stuff. Mm. So, so that's a big, big lesson for anybody is to do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. And whenever you are, you know, an entrepreneur, you always have to have pay for legal you know, 
contracts and, and make ask, sure ask for references ask who are for three references. people you worked with i'm gonna call them and, and actually call and ask a lot of questions <laughs> yeah. you know because you don't think that but there are so many people who are snake charmers and they they like find out about you like this girl walked up mm -hmm. and at our co-working space and it's like oh you're sonia with girl powerful and she had like done this whole background thing like she knew it it was like oh yeah i thought she was really into it but it turns out well, and then she that goes into took our money. <laughs> yeah, but that goes into that conversation. I said, is this even real? Yeah. And that was my intuition and my gut. And like, I didn't follow it. So that's another thing. I know women talk about that all the time is like, follow your intuition. Mm -hmm. But unless you're actually listening to it and using it, you're stuffing it down. So like, in that moment, I knew that this girl was full of shit. But yeah. I didn't listen to her because I liked the the idea she was sharing because she knew that's what we wanted because she researched us. So, yeah, that kind of like I think it's super important for young women to um, with their mental health tools and their self-care and their self-love journey. Be in touch with your intuition. I think that's the biggest guiding light in your whole life. Yeah, I love that. And um, it's definitely too bad that you guys faced some dishonest characters, but uh, we're glad to see that you've made it out on the other side and now you can pass your wisdom on to other women like, you know, our listeners and everyone else that you guys speak to. So at least you have that takeaway, which is great. Um, I was curious to ask you, what do you feel like is the most important thing you've learned since starting your company and working with so many women of all ages? I think every time I get on a virtual workshop or a classroom, I have so much hope for our future because of what the girls are sharing and how vulnerable they are and how action oriented they are. And they're just beautiful human beings. Yeah. So every time I get on, I'm, I feel like I'm learning as just as much as they are from them. And I just think that's just, I mean, Jen, a, Jen. a lesson in themselves. Like Gen Z is amazing. Yeah, they are. They're totally, are you guys Gen Zers on the older I side? I think technically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we talk about this because we're we're both ninety seven, so like we're kind of the very end of millennials, very beginning of Gen Z. But yeah. I like Gen Z better, so I hope we're Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you how you act, right? And mm -hmm. so if you feel like you're Gen Z, you're a Gen Zer. <laughs> I'm a Gen Zer, everyone. <laughs> no, but if you're on the cusp, yeah, and you have I both characteristics, Sonia, let them be Gen Zers. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned? What have I learned? I've been inspired. I mean, I think I'm inspired a lot by, yeah, change and, and actually learning how to like roll with the punches and all the new, like, especially COVID happened. Sonia and I always wanted to do online workshops and we were too scared. We were like, no one's going to want to do that. Like, and so we didn't do it. And then obviously COVID happened and that was really the only option to hold meetings and hold space for each other. So we really like within a couple of days of hearing about the pandemic and like seeing like the schools close, we were like, oh, this is our shot. And it was really cool because then we got an article in Forbes about us of how like we pivoted the fastest and that kind of thing. So I think all the change and like learning how to like roll with it has been like so inspiring to me and always just evolving and mm -hmm. our brand has evolved. It used to be called something else like our, you know, marketing change. Like we've changed, like yeah. we've grown so much, like public speaking is my worst thing. It's so scary to me. And like, we do it every day. 
So it's just like that. That's cool to see like growth in myself through like empowering other people. Well, I definitely wouldn't think you didn't like public speaking yeah. based on this interview. So if that says anything. <laughs> she moderated a panel in Hollywood with all these like socialite yeah, like, influencer girls. Yeah. And it was all about mental health. And Teddy was like sweating and shaking the whole time. And she took the microphone and she didn't even introduce herself or the event. She's like, okay, so Marta. Yeah, I had rapid fire questions. Rapid fire. I had like cards and I'm like, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. Okay, it's over. Like, it was wild. It was wild. And it was literally like models and actresses and they were probably like, huh? <laughs> Who is this? Who is this girl? She never even said her name. <laughs> So yeah, I've been working on that. So thank you. Yeah, it's good to do something that challenges you and puts you outside of your comfort zone every day, I think. So that's that's great to hear. Um, so I am curious, you guys, like we said, are sisters. We also learned that you guys are roommates. So I'm curious what it's like running a business with someone that you are so close to personally. Well, we both have totally different skill sets. Mm -hmm. And we knew that a long time ago. And... I mean, that's hey, the only way it works, I think. Yeah, that's why it's okay. But I mean, we have to communicate and like we can act like we're mad at each other, but we're never really are. And she <laughs> likes to text me right when I wake up and say, Get up, sissy. It's time to go get coffee. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I think too. Communication. It, it's communication. Yeah, or so I need space, or I'm going to go to a coffee shop and work, or like whatever. Yeah. Like we just like learn how to. You just have to say what you feel so then it doesn't blow up. Mm -hmm. But we did recently realize we needed a shake up. Mm -hmm. So I think in the future, post COVID, we might be in separate yeah, places. We will. We will. Because we don't need to get into that right now. <laughs> I will tell you, I will gladly tell you, but Sonia's not going to like it. So I won't. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a lot of people feel that way. I uh, found this quote that I said in a recent episode where it's like, you're not working from home, you're living at work. And so it can be tough to have that like difference, especially when your coworker is at home too, <laughs> I imagine. So it's like, I was going to go to Denver and it's like, why would I go to Denver right now? Everything shut down and I'd be all by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, and it's I, nice that we get along and we right. work well together and yeah, we do communicate like, Hey, I need some space today. Well, we're all each other really has. So it's like you kind of just lean into that because that's the beautiful thing. And then also like what you're talking about, like working at home versus your home is your work and vice versa. Like I think that having designated spaces around the apartment or the house is really important. And that's been hard because we're actually moving like today after this oh my gosh. <laughs> into like a bigger space because Sonia's been like, doing work and her bed like you know and you have to like mm -hmm. we don't we just need more space to grow and sit at the table and do it and sit outside like that kind of thing so having those designated designated spots really helps your brain like tune into oh I'm working now or oh I can rest and be silly and you know watch tv and relax so that's what we're looking forward to in about 30 minutes <laughs> wow well good luck with the move yeah. I had no idea um and I like what you said about like really leaning into each other because you are kind of each other's main support figures. And so kind of on that note, I was curious when girls our age, you know, 
Gen Z millennial types um, interact with younger girls in our own lives, whether it be like a cousin or, you know, just someone we meet out and about, what can we do to help with their self-esteem and with their sense of self-worth? Like what, what actions can, can we take to help them? My advice would be to model positive self-esteem. So whenever you're around them, don't be like, oh, I shouldn't eat that. Or, oh, I look fat today. I look, you know, I'm having a horrible hair day. Because then they're going to pick up on that and that's what they're going to say to themselves. Yeah. So when you're around them, always practice positive self-talk. And then I don't Well, know. what you said, like, that is how people value themselves is someone seeing them, right? And someone right. validating their feelings. And so that was my second point was listening to them. So a lot of our mm. girls are like, I don't have anyone that actually hears me. So it's like a parent or a sibling might be listening but they aren't really like tuning into what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important, I think, for mentors outside of the home to give them an opportunity to share their feelings. Because even we had a self-care workshop like a month ago and we had over 50 girls and we asked the girls like one prompt, I miss. Mm. And it was rapid fire in the chat, like everything they miss. They miss hugs. They miss feeling loved. They miss, you know, school, team sports, all this stuff. Grandparents, everything. Yeah. So it was like just that small opportunity for them to share and like feel heard was monumental for them. I'd say another thing you could do if you have like nieces or younger siblings or neighbors is, um, I mean, honestly, you could like goal set with them. And I think that Sonia and I, the girls like us so much is because we do all the work with them. We share what our goals are, even though they look a little different than a kid. Um, And I think that being open like that and being like, hey, I'm trying this new blank. And like just being really open and vulnerable about trying new things or risk taking is something that girls need to see older girls doing is risk taking and trying new experiences because... Yeah, that's just modeling good behavior and positive, positive behavior. And like risk taking is easier for boys because they just have that confidence. There's a stat that girls lose 30 percent of their self-esteem between ages eight and 14. And that's called the confidence gap. And that's the difference between boys and girls. Right. That risk taking like the boys have all 100 percent of confidence and we have 70. What's up with that? They need Mm -hmm. us. They need you guys. They need everybody to show up every day as their best selves. And when you walk out the door, assume someone's watching you and be a good role model and a part of your community. It's your job. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's really interesting that you talk about how important um, it is for girls to have those mentors and just seeing women with positive self-talk and confidence. Because I think, unfortunately, a lot of us, a lot of millennials and Gen Zs grew up um, looking up to women who were jaded by things like diet culture and, you know, women who were only just finding themselves in the workforce and as independent people. And that trickle down effect really does affect your self-esteem. And so I think we're kind of the generation that can turn that around and show young girls that it's okay to be confident in yourself and recognize your abilities. And it's something that, you know, I won't speak for Anya, but I know I struggle with it every day, just being able to recognize I am good at some things and it's okay that I say that I am good at that. Um, So this is really inspiring to know that not only recognizing it for myself will be helpful to me, but it'll be helpful to any girls that I interact with in the future as well, because they'll have a positive role model to look up to. 
think it's really interesting that you said that because a lot of times we do our work with the girls and then a mom will come like pick up or do something and they could be the most beautiful kind human being in the world and sometimes they just can't say one nice thing about themselves and so that's why like we do what we do and it's because we hope that it will inspire people to be like can you can just write two good things about yourself down on a piece of paper and believe it or say it out loud to yourself in the mirror, Yeah, you know, and it will change your whole life and how you treat yourself. And own it because you're only probably good at like three to five things. (laughs) You know what I mean? But you're really good at them. So like be on it, be a bragger, like in a, in a healthy, humble way, but like own it. That's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, like, I'm a comedian. Like, you know, I like to talk to people. I like to connect. We know that. That's why I'm our fundraiser. I like to, yeah. I can talk to anybody and that's a talent. And that's something that I, I'm good at. What's something you're good at? <laughs> I'm good at art. Yes. She's an artist. What's something you're good at, Anya? Well, I was going to say I used to be good at dance, but I guess the nature of this exercise would be to say I'm good <laughs> at dance. <laughs> um, I'm a good writer. Love it. So we're all going to go do some yeah. some of that later. You have to <laughs> lean into it. It's like a muscle, like yeah. use it or lose it. So it's really important mm-hmm. as young, youthful people to stay connected to those five things you're good at and then make you feel good. Yeah, mm-hmm. For sure. So kind of on the same note, I'm curious for those of us who weren't lucky enough to have something like Girl Powerful, how can we work to retrain ourselves and start that journey towards a stronger sense of self? I think to start, right? So don't make it a huge laundry list of things to do. Mm-hmm. Write three things you want to change. And I mean, be honest with yourself. Yeah. It's so everyone can grow. Change is growth, right? So it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Like, I don't like this about myself. Just be like, I would like to blankety blank. And right. then just make a small t- short-term goals. Like, especially like in a pandemic, you can't really make huge big hairy audacious goals that you don't know what the world's going to look like in six months. So I'd say make some short-term goals, make three short-term goals and do them and hold yourself accountable, commit to it. Tell someone, tell someone. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I think you just do it. Like you have to figure out how to work with yourself on this planet. Like no one else cares what you're doing. No one else is going to be your cheerleader. Like you need to tune into who you are and where your power is and that's inside you and you need to move on and move forward and you can. So I'd say short-term goals. What about you? (laughs) Well, I would say we have two tools that I think are great for Gen Zers. So we do have a Girl Powerful journal. It looks like this and it teaches, it has 40 pages and it Um, It's all, it's an interactive workbook. So basically like you can learn how to brain dump. You can, you know, the pages are like creating your core values, you know, self-love, self-worth. And everything has little exercises that you can do to flex these muscles. Talks about happiness and being grateful, you know, being smart, all that stuff. And that's like, you could do that like so simple. So one, you know, one one day a week, you're like, oh, let me do a page in the Girl Powerful Journal. And then it really gets you thinking about your own personal development. And if it's hard at first, just sit with that and say why. Yeah. And then try again five minutes later and try to answer that question. And again, be honest with yourself. And if you can only write one nice thing about yourself, then that's awesome and celebrate that. And then tomorrow, try to write two. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, we see it all the time in girls and women of all ages. It is hard to compliment yourself. It's yeah. hard to be vulnerable and it, it's just hard to, yeah, say I need help or I need to change. So it's okay. Everyone's going through it. Everyone's just at a different stage in the, in the journey. Right. Uh, I was going to say, I wish that everyone listening could see the journal in person like we are because it has the cutest graphic. So definitely go check that out. I assume that's on your website that we'll have linked. But we also have a Girl Powerful card deck, which looks like this. And people could do that this like on their own. They can make up their own. But it's all based on positive self-talk. So when I was growing up, I would look in the mirror and I wouldn't say positive things to myself. I would say negative things about like my wide hips or my huge feet and I would really beat myself up. And it's like I was like attracting my flaws instead of celebrating and being like, oh, I'm thankful and grateful for my feet that carry me around all day. So that was a big lesson for me. So we created 64 prompts that are affirmation based in the Girl Powerful card deck. So this is something that's meant to do in the mirror or you could do it with anybody as a conversation starter. But this says, like, I am connected to real moments. Turn off to all technology. Spend time face-to-face with your family and friends. That's a prompt. Or it could be like, I am strong. Do 10 push-ups. They're all really different and they vary. But it's a way to really start using affirmations to change your mindset and to practice self-love. And, like, all everything we do at Girl Powerful is prevention. So we're just trying to get in front of the problems that we know exist and they're very real and they're very scary and they're really unhealthy. And like last year we had a family member not be healthy and like, then you change. Right. So you see like, Oh, I'm sick. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to die. And then you change. And it's like, why does, why do Americans wait until that scary moment happens? Yeah. Like mentally or physically to get in shape mentally or physically. So this is like, getting your mind in shape to like have a positive life because we all deserve that. We all deserve to, yeah, be our best selves and show up every day and enjoy our time here. I love that um, you guys emphasize affirmations. And it's funny that Teddy, you mentioned big, hairy, audacious goals because Kylie and I just came across that concept for the first time the other day. And uh, it's actually on a previous episode. Um, So (laughs) yeah, so funny. Um, So you talked a little bit about this in the very intro of the episode where you kind of talked about, you know, struggling with drinking in college or not being able to fend for yourself as a young person in the workforce. But I was curious if you had any additional advice for the college post-grad demographic when it comes to navigating mental health or their career, just any other lessons you would pass down to the majority of our listeners. I think that the most you can put yourself out there, like, I think mentors are so helpful for all of that, for your, for networking and for your career. And then also your mental health, because as an adult, as a young adult, like you'll be seen by this older person that's done the same kind of thing that you look up to them. So having a mentor for your whole life, I think is really important and helps you get to where you're going. And I, I know that's helped me. Yeah. And it's really important to keep a social support system. So it was like, we've had that, you know, in elementary school, middle school, team sports, college, and then you graduate and all those people go other places. So I think it's a really important thing to, you know, be proactive to make your own support system and, you know, support others too. Yeah, And I think that goes into mentorship because 
you're going to be like-minded people. You're going to look at that woman or that man and be like, oh, I want to be like them. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's like a niche, right? So you need to find your niche. You need to find your community. You need to find your home. And it takes a minute. Like this isn't like this is going to happen tomorrow, but just keep your eyes open and your ears open and those people will show up. That's your intuition. That's like your path. Everything's already designed. You just have to be awake to enjoy like the fruits of all that stuff. You have to be not depressed and anxious and sad and scared and in your room, you know, like obviously post COVID, but like, (laughs) yeah, just be open. You have to be open and say hi to people. I think that's a really good piece of advice. Even with our masks on, like say hi, throw your hand up, you know, like we're all so like disconnected right now. It's really scary. Um, Sonia was doing some research like from the CDC and 50% of our teens, our young people are depressed, 50%. And that is just, that's a stat that could be really scary post COVID and like linger on for a whole lifetime. So, I mean, we all have to learn how to connect with ourselves and, and reconnect with each other sooner than later. Yeah, for sure. I think especially with COVID, um, a lot of people are experiencing uh, mental health challenges and just really, especially post-grad, you know, if you're six months out of graduation, or I guess it's more than six months now for us, but less than a year out of graduation, like Anya and I and like most of our listeners, it's really scary navigating post-grad life completely virtually. Because like you said, building that social support system can feel even more impossible than it would feel, you know, if we were in normal circumstances, because people really do feel so far away. Um, So I think it's great that you bring awareness to that and, you know, reminding our listeners that you're not alone in feeling like this at all. And that this is a really great time to focus on your mental health and build that mental health toolbox. And even if it's just texting a friend and reaching out, you know, no one's going to be mad to hear from someone who's just being genuine and nice and trying to make a connection. I think too, like going into a career and sounds like you guys have big careers ahead of you is don't lose the hobbies, like, you know, Mm. practice law, but always have your creative, like feminine hobby that keeps you whole and like connected to your truth. And I think that's going to, that's hard. Yeah. So (laughs) with this extra time too, obviously do what makes you feel good with self-care, but also like lean into your hobby because that's naturally going to make you feel good and you're going to yeah, be more in tune with yourself. And as women and our feminine energy, that creativity is what grounds us and, and just yeah, lets your light shine a little brighter. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I'm curious if our listeners could take one thing away from this episode, what would it be? Well, I gave you guys a lot of nice things to me. <laughs> so you're going to ask me for one more. <laughs> one one takeaway. One takeaway. I think be confident in who you are. I was going to say be proud of who you are. Be confident and be proud of who you are every day. Even if it's half-assed one day, just push yourself. Fake it till you make it. And yeah, I mean, it's all... When you know who you are and you're confident and you stand like in a different way than other women in the room or like you show up on a Zoom call happy and like, you know, like you just you're different. You're already different. Right. So it's like just show up, show up the best you can, whatever that looks like every day. And and it's going to be OK. Everything's going to work out. And always be honest. I think honesty is a big deal in all relationships, work or personal. Be honest with your feelings. 
And like you said, like no one like would shut down a nice text from someone. So be nice, be open, be honest, be proud of you, be brave. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love all of those. Um, And for our listeners that have listened to this episode and feel inspired to get maybe a little more involved with Girl Powerful, um, how can our listeners get involved? Is there like a call to action for, you know, getting more involved with the inner workings of Girl Powerful? Any way they could help? Yeah, so follow us on Girl Powerful Project on Instagram. And then if you do are interested in our journal or our card deck, it's at girlpowerful.org. And a lot of times we have guest mentors in our virtual sessions. So if you do like to teach art or any type of movement or poetry, anything fun that the girls would gravitate towards, email us. Yeah. And also something we've been doing and I, we, as we're growing our platform and we're finally feeling validated by our peers and people older than us, like if you're out of school and you're new to something and you want to talk to us on an Instagram live and like share communities, DM us. Like yeah. we're available where we truly believe in community and like building each other up. So just reach out and tell us what you need or how we can help you. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. So you guys said that the Instagram is Girl Powerful Project. So people can follow you there. And then what is the website? It's girlpowerful.org girlpowerful.org. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put all that in the show notes as well so that our listeners can go after that. But now I think it's time for this or that, which is one of our our favorite parts of guest episodes. Yeah. So our listeners know the drill. You guys have not seen these prompts, so it's going to be a real rapid fire (laughs) response. Whoever gets to go first, uh, we'll see what happens. (laughs) So Kylie, do you want to kick us off with the first one? So we know you guys enjoy the outdoors. So hang on the beach or hike in the mountains? Beach. Hang on the beach. Beach all day. (laughs) Beach, 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 beach. Makes sense for some LA gals. Next one is coffee or tea? Coffee. (laughs) They're so in sync. We like it's nice to have something, but like coffee yeah, is in yeah. our ritual, our daily ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. Morning person or night owl? Neither. Neither. Four <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> is that a thing? I'm an afternooner. Totally. Like I, yeah. A guy actually asked me to coffee this morning. He's oh, like, yeah. will you meet me at 8.30 this morning? And I was like, yeah, sure. No, I had to. <laughs> Sonia's like, I was like, why the hell would I agree to meet someone at 8.30 yeah. in the morning? She said she was going, and I just looked at her like, yeah, right. 8.30 is pretty <laughs> early for any date, if you ask me. I feel yeah. like the, you've got to go like at least 10. Hell no. He sounds like a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> red Dodged flag. a bullet. <laughs> morning person, red flag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay, the next one is call or text. FaceTime. Yeah, we like to FaceTime. It depends what it is, but probably mm-hmm. text. Um, and then the last one is major planner or go with the flow? Go with the flow. Planner. That's a good dynamic to have. <laughs> well, one time I went to Bali without her and I didn't make a plan. And then I was in a third world country and I had no idea what was happening. And I thought, where's Sonia? <laughs> Well, I can definitely see how you guys balance each other out from a business perspective and from a sister's perspective. So um, it's been super fun to have you guys on the show. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. 
And um, to our listeners, you know the drill. Follow us on Instagram at Two Degrees Hotter. Rate us on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend if you enjoyed it. And we will talk to you guys next Tuesday. Yes. And make sure to check out the show notes for all of Girl Powerful's information and how you can get involved with them. And thank you so much, Teddy and Sonia, for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. So fun. Thank you so much. Bye.